hold on to your Bibles and, and get ready, okay? Uh, prior to, I want to remind, this, this morning we are four weeks out from revival. We're four weeks out from revival. Okay, good. Thank you. That's a little better. Becky made some, some posters, if you would like some, with our speakers on them. Uh, it has the vital information if you want to take them and put them up on your billboards wherever you work or the school you go to. Uh, she also made some smaller ones there in the back in the vestibule. Uh, grab as many as you want to as you're leaving. Uh, please be excited. Be praying. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's see here. I usually have two pieces of paper. Look, look at all this right here this morning. I mean, I, this, I had to staple this this morning. Who said, oh, well, <laughs> amen, that's the attitude I like, that's what I like this morning. Last week, uh, without me even knowing it, God started a sermon series that I hope is going to prepare our hearts and minds for the upcoming revival meetings. Last week, we looked at Hannah's prayer and, uh, to the Lord in 1 Samuel chapter 2. We learned that she had gone many, many, many years not knowing, not, not knowing and, and, or being able to, to have a child that her rival wife of her husband had taunted her because she was barren. She went to the door of the tabernacle to pray, promising to give the child back to God if he would let her become pregnant. And God heard her prayer and blessed Hannah. When the child was weaned, she did as she promised and gave Samuel back to the Lord. And her prayer of triumph was our text last week. Now, we, we, we need to understand that we learn some things. We learn that we can pray with confidence everything that Hannah prayed and much, much more. That our struggles on this earth will remain. We're going to remain in, in, in the struggles. But, but our hearts should be full and always ready to worship the one who has given his all to us. He deserves our whole worship all day, every day. Amen. Every day. This morning, we're going to learn something else that we need to embrace to prepare our hearts for revival. As I've told you many times before, I was taught in school, <coughs> Bible college, preacher college, I was taught to read my scripture. Dr. Kenneth Ridings, I mean, he drove it home in us. He said, stay with your scripture. Your scripture you, will sustain you. It is, it is viable. You don't have to go anywhere else. Stick with your scripture. Well, Dr. Ridings, I'm not going to be doing that this morning. As I read, I want to see if you can figure out the theme of our message this morning. Now, it's not going to be on the screen, so if you have a bulletin, you can flip over and you can write the scriptures down. I'll, I'll announce the scriptures and you can go back if you want to study them a little more later. You can do that. Exodus chapter 35 verse 21 says, And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up. And everyone who, who is, whom in the spirit made willing... And he brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation and to those of all his service and for the holy garments. Exodus 35 verse 26 says this, And all the women whose heart stirred them 
up in wisdom spun goat's hair. Exodus 35 verse, I mean, Exodus 36 verse 2 says this, And Moses called Bazael and Elihab and every wise-hearted man in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, even every one whose heart stirred him up to come up and work and to do it. 1 Samuel chapter 22 says this, Now, therefore, I pray thee, let the Lord the king hear the words of his servant, if the Lord hath stirred thee up against me. 1 Kings 11 verse 14 says, And the Lord stirred up an adversary unto Solomon. 1 Kings chapter 11 verse 23 says this, And God stirred him up another adversary. 1 Chronicles chapter 5 verse 26 says this, and, the, and, the, and God of Israel stirred up the spirit of, of the, the Peel king of Assyria. Second Chronicles chapter 26, 36 verse 22 says this, Now is the first year of Cyrus king of Persia, that the word of the Lord spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus king of Persia. Ezra chapter 1 verse 1. Now the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the king of Cyrus, king of Persia. Haggai chapter 1 verse 14. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel. Acts chapter 17, verse 16. And Paul waited for them at Athens. His heart or his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. The title of this morning's sermon is Let God Stir You. Let God Stir You. Now these are just scriptures that I picked. God stirs man for his will. Do you hear me, church? There's a reason. In scripture, we see God stirring the heart of man for both good, what we would call good, our good, the church's good, the gospel's good, and we also see God stirring the hearts of, of, of others to, to go against his own people because they'd rebelled against him. We see in, in the New Testament that, that man's heart was stirred up, not by God, but Satan, Satan does stir in as well, uh, against Paul many times. We see that the, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, their hearts were stirred up against Jesus himself. This morning, I want you to understand something. Your heart is being stirred by something. What is it being stirred by? Now, for those of y'all who don't understand what I'm talking about, guys, now listen, guys, girls, y'all listen. You remember that time when you saw Bailey for the first time, Caleb? And your heart just fluttered? And y'all were around each other for, I mean, I don't know how many years, 
before God said, okay, listen, you need to pay attention. You need to sit down, Bailey. You need to pay, I mean, come on, you need to pay attention. And he stirred your heart and made you realize that Caleb was more than a friend. I mean, you, you remember that? Look at her smiling. Look at her. God stirs us so often, but we need to be in a place of understanding what the stirring is when it's taking place and why God is stirring our hearts. He, listen, he wants to stir your heart because it does something unbelievable. The word stirred is defined as to agitate, to cause one inward commotion, to move or to put into motion. We can see through the few scriptures this morning that God can and does stir the heart of, of man. Listen, for his glory, for his glory. Now, will you let God stir your heart? If you really and truly want to see revival, you've got to let God stir your heart. You've got to desire that, want that this morning. Well, let me just ask, you know, how, how does God stir man's heart? How does he stir, stir your heart? Well, the first one is this, listening to a sermon. Listen to a sermon. I can't tell you how many times I've sat down and I've listened to Bailey Smith preach sermons. And I mean, I'm just on fire. I'm ready to go. Some of y'all, y'all know who Bailey Smith is? He was a Southern Baptist preacher, mostly in Georgia, but he ended up as a Southern Baptist evangelist, I mean, many, 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 many years. He went home to be with the Lord in the past three years, but I mean, he was a giant in the realm of Southern Baptist churches and Southern Baptist convention. All over the United States, all over the world, he preached the gospel message. I'll never forget one of the messages he preached concerning pastors. And he said, listen, if, if the only time you open your Bible is to get a message, you're groomed to fall. You're groomed to fall. Listen, I, I, I'll, I'll never forget sitting under, under Junior Hill and listening to that great man of God preach. Unbelievable sermons. And Miss Andrea, who we, y'all, we need to pray for her, she, she always tells me, I love how you combine comedy with, with your message. And, and she said, it just makes it so more human. Well, I got that from Dr. Hill, Dr. Junior Hill. I mean, he would always start a message just every time with some sort of humor. He, he was a big preacher. He, and he'd, all, he'd, he'd say something like, uh, I, I was a little late getting in church this morning because I couldn't find my belt. And, and, and I asked my wife, have you seen my belt? And she said, well, you know, is it in the house? He said, well, it'll probably fit around the house. <laughs> love that man of God. I love, listen, and, and, and the day that we're living in, listen to me, church. Listen, li- listen to your pastor. Vladi Balkum. Vladi Balkum. If you have not listened to Vladi Balkum's message, he, he is a social justice warrior. I mean, he, he doesn't hold back, but he preaches the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and it's unbelievable. Anybody heard Vladi Balkum? You need to. He's unbelievable. Fred Luter. Anybody listen to Fred Luter? Oh, shut the front. Oh, golly. See, I'm telling you. 
Y'all need to be writing this down. Go to YouTube. Ricky, go to YouTube this afternoon. Fred, y'all know how to spell Fred, right? F-R-E-D, Luter, L-U-T-T-E-R. When that man preaches, he gets up there just like your pastor. When he gets done preaching, his, his jacket is up to here. Wiping sweat off his, I mean, just going, going, preaching. And of course, I've got to mention Jerry Vines. Deep theology at a, at a level that people can understand. God's three deadlines, excuse me, uh, 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 journey through the Bible. Preach it everywhere I go. Every church I go to, that's the very first thing I do because it's simple. It makes people understand how, how the Bible comes together as one. Great Bible teacher. Great Bible teacher. But there's something else that can stir your heart. In the day that we live in, it's becoming more and more rare. Y'all ready for this one? Pick up a book. A book. Put the phone down. Put the tablet down. Back away from the computer. Pick up a book. Smell the pages. Do like you do when you were in kindergarten before you could read and somebody gave you a book. Flip the pages and fan your face with it. Brother Kyle, what, what do you mean stir? How does a book stir your heart? Listen, how many of y'all read Pilgrim's Progress? As Pilgrim was, was going through valleys and ups and downs, I mean, did your heart not just get stirred with him? Make the right decision. Make the right decision. Walk on, stay on the path. Stay on the path. Read a book. Read a book. Listen, how many of y'all ever read, and it was popular back in the 80s and 90s, and it's not the original book's name, but the one you know is What Would Jesus Do? How many of y'all read that book? Now, if you, re if you really want to get that book, and its original name is, anybody know? You know? You remember? What was it? In His Steps. That's exactly right. Pat her on the back. In his steps. If you're a Christian and you pick that up and you read those words, yeah, you'll end up in, in backwoods of Kentucky maybe, serving the Lord. But there's, there's another one. L listen, y'all remember when I went to Uganda? On a mission trip, y'all remember that? When, when I got on that plane, before I got on that plane, my beautiful, lovely wife felt led by the Holy Spirit of God to place a book in my hands and say, you need to read this while you're gone. Kisses from Katie. Any of y'all read that? You've read that? Anybody else read Kisses from Katie? You've read it. Did it not rip your heart out? And she has another book out now? Katie was just a girl, 19 years old, and she went on a mission trip. And guess what happened to her heart while she was on that mission trip? God stirred her heart with a blender. She came back, and she had promised her parents she was going to go to college. And, and listen, she, she came back and said, listen, God's spoken to me, and I've got to go. I've, I've got to go back. And she wrestled and wrestled, and she finally went back. Today, she has a, her own orphanage there with unbelievable kids. Kisses from Katie tells the story, and it's unbelievable. 
God stirred my heart. God stirred my heart. So you can, you, God will stir your heart through sermons. God will start stir your heart through, through books. But listen, Dan said it a second ago. Uh, another thing God, way God stirs your heart is pick up his word. Listen, church, family, get, listen, for the love of God, pick up. This is 66 love letters from God Almighty to you personally. Pick it up. There's never been a time, whether it's been a short period of time or a long period of time that I've spent in God's Word, that God didn't stir my heart. Get into His Word. Get into His Word. I, when you open His Word, you're, I promise you, you're going to see something that you'd forgotten about, or you're going to see something or, or realize something that you've never realized before just getting into God's Word. He stirs you when you pick up his word. You're obedient when, you're put, when you pick up his word. There's another way that God stirs you, when you gather in his house, the house of God. I, I hope that your heart stirs when you come into his house. I, I hope that your heart stirs when we sing praises and glory unto him. I hope, I hope your heart stirs. Because if your heart doesn't stir, if you don't feel it within you, something's wrong. Something's terribly wrong. But there's another way God stirs. Loving on little children on Wednesday nights. I, I, I don't have to be here until 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. But I usually get here about 6, 6.10, 6.15 at the latest. And I go into my office and I turn my light on and I, I put my notes beside my Bible and I tuck my shirt tail in, make sure I, I look nice and I, I walk in the back and I see the children. I, I need that. Because the older I get, the more I forget what it's like to be a child. When we don't hear children running up and down the halls of our church, we're in trouble. We, we really are. When we get mad because there's a mark on the wall, or there's a, a dodgeball dent in the ceiling, or a light's been busted out, listen, we, we've got a problem. This, this, listen, this is not the tabernacle of God. This is the house of God. I listen, and God wants to ordain this house of God with tiny fingerprints and pencil markings. Y'all don't do that, though, okay? Don't, don't, don't do that. Pencil holes and chairs. Why? Because we're alive. I love to see those little faces on Wednesday nights. It stirs my heart. But there's something else that stirs my heart. When someone comes to this church, listen, there's a lot of people on, on, from week to week who come to the doors of this church needing different things. But when someone comes to the church who has a real need and is sincerely thankful for us providing for that need, it stirs my heart because that's why we're here. That's why we're alive. That's why God has placed us where he's placed us. Church, listen to me. Why does God stir hearts? Listen, for us to act upon what was spoken to us. That's why he stirs our hearts. That's why he speaks to us. Not that we can, oh, boy, I can feel, I can feel, woo, I can feel the presence of Jesus. I, can you feel the presence of the Spirit moving? No, 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 no. That's not why God fills you and stirs you. He fills you and stirs you to push you, to motivate you, to move you into action. Amen. The church has gotten lethargic and you've got to wake up for the glory of God. Time is running out. Jesus is coming soon. We need to be revived and stirred, church. Preach it, brother. 
Why does this message on stirring have to do with anything? What does it have to do? Number one, we need revival. The farms, our friends from Melbourne, I know y'all just, you know, probably pulled us up on, on the internet and uh, where you are today is affectionately called the farms. Okay? The farms needs revival. The city of Savannah needs revival. The state of Georgia needs revival. The United States of America, oh my gosh, we need revival. The world needs revival. That's why we need to be stirred this morning. Now church, I want to tell you something. I told you I was going to tell you when I felt like it was the appropriate time. Three weeks ago, when I was at Dorchester for the men's Emmaus walk, God stirred my heart. Now, nobody who is, has been on the Emmaus walk is going to beat, bludgeon, push, prod for you to go. But I want you to understand something. If you will go as what's called a pilgrim, I promise you this, God will stir your heart. God will stir your heart. When you go to work in Emmaus Walk, you might go with a bad attitude. I did. I did. I went out of obligation because a friend of mine asked me to serve. They needed clergy. And I went. And God stirred your pastor, he shook your pastor, and he opened your pastor's eyes. Well, but Brother Kyle, what happened? Well, we had our men's event here the Thursday night. We had all that food in the back and had the missionary come and he spoke to us. And when we got done with that, I took my smoker home, dropped it off, picked up my suitcase and left and was in Dorchester at Midway by 10 o'clock that night. The next morning, I preached my message. And throughout that day, I listened to four or five other messages, four other messages to be precise. And that evening, Saturday evening, or, or excuse me, Friday evening, you know, we, we went to sleep. Saturday morning, woke up, did the same thing. Listened to five, five messages. As I was leaving, my heart was full. You know, sometimes God gives you something when you don't even realize you need it. Because that's the, the loving, gracious Father that we have. I, I didn't know I needed it. Didn't know I was longing for it, but I was full. I was full. As I was loading up my car, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to leave. And God said, you fool, aren't you, son? Now, I understand, you know, I, I'm a pastor, and y'all think, oh, you know, he's the pastor. He's at a, a higher, elevated state of spirituality. No, 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 no. There's very few times, Justin, that I can tell you that I, that I feel like God was directly with me, speaking to me, and I was speaking to him. You know, not, not you know, face to face, but I mean, the Holy Spirit was really speaking to me as I was packing my car. He said, you're pretty full, aren't you? I said, man, I'm, I'm full. I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to go. I want to I get with my people. I want to preach the word. Man, I want to preach Sunday morning. 
And he said, well, you need to take what you've got back to them. And so I'm stopped dead in my tracks. I'm like, okay, how am I to do that? You, you see, church, we have not had a revival service here in this church since 2019, October of 2019. You, you know why we haven't? Well, of course, Corona shut us down for two years. Then last year, we just tried a, you know, a t test run because sun Sunday night is kind of the litmus. Sunday night and Wednesday night is kind of the litmus to, you know, the crowd that's going to come to a revival meeting. Uh, and it, it hadn't been that great. I mean, we, we'll have good numbers, bad numbers, good numbers, okay numbers, good numbers, like, my gosh, two weeks in a row, good numbers, all right. Three weeks in a row, good numbers, and then the next week, it'll be like the 4th of July, and you start all over again. So I had determined in my mind, okay, listen, God, you know, we're not going to have a meeting just to have a meeting. We're, we're going to have a meeting when you put it on my heart to have a meeting. And we always usually have it in October, and here it is September, and, and he's filled me. And my, my, the natural quest, question I have for God is this. God, okay, you, you want me to do this. Yeah, yep, that's what I want you to do. How in the world, how in the world am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? Next month is October. We, we've got to do it in October because the next month's November. Everybody's busy in November. I mean, all the Carters, they go down to Florida shop for three weeks for Christmas. <laughs> And then the next month is, is, is December. We can't do it in December. We'd have to wait till January, February. And we can't do it in February because the Imani Melee Children's Choir is coming back to our church in February. <laughs> so it's got to be October. I said, Lord, I, I mean, I, I can't, who do I call on such a short notice? And he said, who have you been around all weekend who's filled your cup. You listen to me. Revival, it's great when you go to a revival and you see a lost person get, come to know Jesus, your personal Savior. It's their personal Savior, is it not? It's wonderful. Revival, through definition, is for the body of believers. You, you need to invite your Christian friends. Oh, Brother Kyle, you're trying to proselytize. You're trying to get people, you know, Christians to come to your church. Not at all. I want it to start here and then go back to their church and it, it, it start there. I, I don't know what's going to take place the 22nd through 25th of October, but God does. And I can tell you this, there's been a lot of times where I've tried to orchestrate a revival because I've experienced revival during revival services. Listen, I, I'm telling you, when, when uh, J. Harold Smith came to Calvary Baptist Church in Rock Hill, South Carolina, and he preached God's three deadlines, and, and the invitation started, the, the message itself took about an hour and 45 minutes, thereabouts, hour 30, hour and 45 minutes, and you could hear a pin drop, nobody moved. Listen, nobody at Calvary had to go to the bathroom suddenly in the middle of it. Nobody wanted to leave as soon as the invitation started. Nobody got up and walked out the door. No, nobody moved because the Spirit of God was on that place, and when the, the altar call came, when the invitation came, the invitation lasted five hours, and nobody moved. God wants to do that here. He wants to do that here. He wants to do that in every church. 
that proclaims him as Savior and Lord. Church, there's one more way that God stirs our hearts that I failed to mention earlier when we pray for his stirring. I'm not here. <laughs> when we pray for his stirring, God, I need to feel your presence. It's like the song we sang just a few minutes ago. God, I need you. I, I need you. When? I need you now. I, I need you now. Last week, I encouraged you to find a, a place of worship. Your song of triumph. I, I found mine for the few weeks coming ahead. And I, I told y'all, I posted it, Come Jesus Come. If you hadn't heard that song, oh my goodness. Come Jesus Come. Look it up. If, you, if God doesn't stir your heart, you, you, you've lost your spoon. This week, I want you to pray that God will con continue to, to stir my heart. Will you do that? Pray that God will continue to stir my heart that he will stir your heart and that he will stir the hearts of every member of Sheva Oaks Baptist Church. Will you pray that? What happens to us when we feel God stirring in our lives? What is it? We'll act upon what is spoken. That's what needs to take place. That's what needs to take place in this church, every church. That God would stir our hearts, we'd hear from Him, and we'd act upon what He tells us to do. Church, I want to ask you will you come right now and ask God to stir your heart? Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, we come to you asking forgiveness of our sins. Lord, please stir us. Stir us right now, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I do pray. With all heads bowed, eyes, all eyes closed, do you need to come? Will you come? Will you come to the altar and ask God to stir you? Will you come?